The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon, as usual, broadcasting from Arizona. And it's absolutely gorgeous today. Too bad all of you can't be here, although it would be a little crowded, I guess. Um, Wonderful day here, and I hope it is wherever you are. Thanks to Alice Cooper for our theme song. Uh, those of you who are new to the show, I'll tell you why we chose that. It's a, you know, some, his people, some people is a little strange that we have that. But when you do a lot of self-improvement work, you begin to take your power back. Um, sometimes you learn to say that wonderful word, no. And when you do, a lot of people think you're not so nice anymore, even if you say it with a smile. So, you know, count that if, you, if you're beginning to say no and people are thinking you're not so nice anymore, think of it as a badge of progress because that's exactly what it is. We're looking for sponsors for the Self-Improvement Show. Um, I would love to hear from you. You can contact me through the Self-Improvement blog or you can contact Scott Duffy at Voice America. would love to have you be a part of our show. You get lots of good mentions and lots of good publicity if you decide to do that. And Voice America World Talk Radio is really, truly the leading Internet broadcaster, so your money's well spent if you do this. One of the things I talk a lot about on the self-improvement blog is beliefs. And I ask my clients, almost every client, what do you believe that you weren't told you have to believe? You know, what beliefs have you come to yourself that you totally subscribe to? You know, do you know what you believe about the important things in life? You know, God, life, purpose, work, love, sex, relationships, those those little things. And most of the time I get this deer in the headlights look uh, and obviously they don't know and I recommend that they explore every facet of their lives in terms of what they believe. Very few people can tell me what they believe about any of the key life issues. It's kind of sad really. You know, they they don't even sometimes seem to want to know. They don't want to bother with it. So they go about their daily lives, going to work, coming home, watching TV, going to bed, getting up again to go to work, come home, 
watch TV, go to bed. Um, knowing what you believe and knowing how to deal with it and how to change it so it works for you is just a critical concept. You know, what you believe underpins all of your actions, reactions, and decisions, everything. Even if you can't articulate the belief, it's still affecting everything you do. And some of the beliefs that we hold are really quite limiting, you know, especially what I call the two beliefs, the T-O-O beliefs. You know, those, you know, I'm too fat, I'm too thin, I'm too old, oh, I'm too young, I'm too stupid for that, oh, I'm too smart to get that job, I'm too slow, whatever. You, you get the idea. We've all said things like that. Now, here's a big one. Uh, you can see really clearly where this takes you. If I believe in conspiracy theory, for example, then I believe everything is pitted against me. Actually, it's pitted against all of us. They, whoever they are, are in control. And there's not much point in trying because the deck is stacked. If, on the other hand, I believe that I can create my own reality, um, then the sky's the limit. My life will show what my core beliefs are. You can pretty much tell what I believe by the way I live. Today we're going to talk with a real expert on beliefs and someone who knows how you can change those beliefs and actually help you change the beliefs that no longer serve you or never served you. Dr. Andy Yates is an actor, writer, and healing facilitator. He was raised Roman Catholic in Stratford-on-Avon, England. He joined the Royal Air Force in 1975 and served for 21 years as an engineer, teacher, and IT expert. In 1996, he left the RAF and moved to the United States, beginning a 14-year career in corporate IT. During this time, he began his preparation as a healing facilitator. He made really great use of his time. He completed his hypnotherapy certification and went on to receive a doctoral degree in hypnotherapy. Subsequently became a Reiki master and trainer, a licensed massage therapist, a craniosacral unwinding practitioner, and an NLP master. And we're going to ask him to explain to you what some of those are. In 2006, he and his wife Heather founded Trefoil Therapies, a fully integrated healing practice and we need more of those. He's recently been to Peru to study sacred medicine and ceremonies, China to study Qigong and Guatemala to study Mayan shamanism. Early in life he had some personal tragic experiences that compelled him to question his beliefs. His book Seeing is Believing and that's a capital C-I-N-G is Believing explores how beliefs are formed and changed and how they affect us all in the progress of our lives. It is my privilege and pleasure to welcome Andy Yates to the Self-Improvement Show. Andy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great privilege to be here. Well, I, I, I'm delighted because this is really right down my alley and a subject that's really very dear to me. I think it's incredibly important and, and it's it's... It's something that most people don't even realize. They 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 believe 
what their parents told them they had to believe and some have never thought a thought about it since. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's important to me. You have a really incredibly impressive biography. But tell us this. Who really is Andy Yates? Give us the real skinny on who you are. Oh, gosh, what a great question. <laughs> um, well, we, are we ever the same person one minute to the next? If, and this is what I talk about in my book, is that um, we are constantly changing. I mean, at a biological level, we know that our um, atoms, molecules, whatever, our, our cells are dying off and regrowing as we go through our life. And so it happens with our personalities, our attitudes, our, everything about us. And um, so who, are, who am I? I can, well, who am I at the moment? I could answer that one. Because I've changed, and that's the point. That's I've the changed, point. I've changed because I looked at my beliefs, and um, in some places I've decided to change them. And just having made that decision to change, that creates a whole new world, a whole new future. Yes. And sometimes, of course, and I'll put it this way, the universe uh, provides us with opportunities or challenges or whatever that kind of force us into change. And I think that's part of the process as well. So who am I? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of uh, a little bit of an adventure at the moment because... Um, since being laid off from my corporate position last year, which was kind of my last vestige of what you might call a regular employment, regular life, um, I've been free uh, to basically do what I want to do. One of the first things I did was I uh, finally wrote, finished my book, Seeing is Believing, and, uh, and got that out there, and I'm really happy I have, because it's already changed quite a lot of people's lives, and I'm so pleased about that, because... Well, while we're here, tell people how they can get it, so, you know, all the way through this show, they know how they can find your book, because it really is worth the reading. Good, 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 and I know you've read it, so I'm, I'm, that's great uh, praise, and, and uh, thank you. Um, all they've got to do is put my name into Google. That would be a good start, Dr. Andy Yates, and I guarantee I'll come up at the top, or if not, on the first page. Um, we have a website for our sort of business site, if you like, which is www.trefoiltherapies, that's T-R-E-F-O-I-L, therapies.com, and uh, everything you might want to know about what we do, um, some photographs, some fun stuff, Plus, I've got uh, a whole sort of tab, a page, web page, if you like, on my book. And there are links in there where you can go to check out uh, what is in the chapters of the book, check out my bio, and then uh, if you decide, then purchase my book through there. And so, I um, encourage them to do that. Good, you know, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the whole point about the book. I, I wrote it at a time where my beliefs were changing. I didn't make it particularly about me. Only in the sense of my experience as a, as a therapist, mainly, talking about from starting from the science and the sort of practicality and the realism of belief, and then working on uh, you know, how beliefs are formed and how we can actually look and analyze what beliefs we have. I've always felt that perhaps the first and the largest steps that any human being can take up the ladder towards I don't know, enlightenment, a better future, whatever that is, is just that ability to be able to uh, self-reflect on what's happening 
to oneself. It, it, just to be able to say, now, why did that happen? Why did I do that? Why did I make this decision? To ask those questions, because that is where you then find out what drove you to do this, what drove you to have these beliefs. Are these beliefs true? Do I need to stay in this town? Do I need to work in this industry? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? And um, I think once you've done that, it changes everything because you start to look around, you start to say, well, you know what, I think I could do that. I think I could change here. Um, you mentioned um, about the beliefs that you get from, uh, like, religion, for example, and I've got to mention this book is not about religion, although it does talk about religion a little bit. Now, that's not fair, because I was going to ask you about that. But <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about that, because you spend a good bit of time on religion, and yet it really is not about religion. Right, and I'm using religion as a metaphor, because most of us in our lives have had something to do with religion, whether it is actually participation in a religion, belief in a religion, or um, you know, rejecting religion or, or just saying, you know, I'm atheist, agnostic or whatever, and I, I don't subscribe to any of that stuff. It's interesting because from a scientific point of view, uh, when we are up to about the age of seven, our subconscious mind, that is the deeper memory part of our mind, is wide open. Um, we learn beliefs to, in a sense, filter the information that's coming into our subconscious mind, and then it gets buried deep in there, and then that, uh, you know, kind of controls or looks after us through the rest of our life. It's, I consider it part of the, the human being's adaptive process, which has made Homo sapiens such a successful species over the last very short period of time, 70,000 years, because it's a fact that... Uh, you know, 70,000 years ago, Homo sapien was pretty much an endangered species on this planet. Yes. And we've come from there to, what is it now, 6 billion people? I think so we're up to 7 now. I'm not sure. I have to check that number out. It's well, growing it's, rapidly. It's a huge number from perhaps three or 4,000. Yes. And that's what's happened over 70,000 years. So, and I mean, and I think it's our ability to adapt that has, has been one of the major factors that have allowed us to do that. And one of those reasons is the fact that we build these, uh, we, we um, program ourselves with certain beliefs uh, that um, sort of filter the information that's coming in, and therefore it's part of the protection process. For example, we learn that something is hot, and therefore we learn we're not going to touch it or we're going to drop it very quickly. And we learn that very quickly, and that's embedded within us so deeply, in fact, that if you pick up something to hot, hot, you don't think about it and think, oh, my goodness, that's hot, I better drop it. You just drop it. You just drop it, yeah. Exactly, because it's, it's so deeply embedded within us. But that happens when we're around up to the age of about seven years old. All this stuff is going in. We've got so much to learn. We've got language. We've got social rules. But at the same time, we're also getting presented with the beliefs of our parents, and those beliefs could be ranging from a religion to something like uh, having a particular kind of job, working a particular industry, um, other things. You could even um, have embedded within you prejudices, bigotism, that are not actually part of you. They're part exactly. of you inherited through that process. And, and again, being able to look back at that and reassess and say, do I believe in that. That's certainly what I did. 
And um, there's no problem if you look back at it and you say, well, I, I don't know, my example is that I was raised as a Roman Catholic. If you look back at it and said, do I believe in the Roman Catholic faith, the Roman Catholic religion? And you say, yeah, I do. Well, that's cool. It's Very fine. good, because the, the basic rule set is don't hurt other people, don't kill things, don't steal things. Well, that's great. No problem there. What I found when I look back at it is I have no basis for that belief. Nothing firm that makes me say, yeah, I do believe in that. So then I've got this interesting challenge to go through this. And then through some of the challenges I went, I called upon the Roman Catholic religion, the gods, the saints, the whatever like this, and there was an absolute silence. Yes, and Andy, at this point, we're going to have to have just a little silence because it's time for us to go to a break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about this. We're not finished with this subject. So stay tuned, everybody. This is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show with my guest, Dr. Andy Yates. We'll be right back with more. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow the World Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at World Talk Radio. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the World Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash World Talk Radio or follow along with us at World Talk Radio, the World Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Andy Yates, and we've been talking about beliefs. He's written a book called Seeing is Believing, and it's about how to know your beliefs and how to change those that no longer serve you. Um, let's continue with that discussion. You, you were using uh, the Catholic Church as a metaphor for a belief system. Andy, continue with that. 
Well, as a metaphor to just say, this is how you pick up beliefs from your parents, from your teachers, priests, ministers, uh, your your sort of um, peers, perhaps your siblings, um, and um, these things just go straight in. You know, I have to laugh because a couple of weeks ago, my grandson got in trouble in school. He's seven, and he never gets in trouble. He's one of these children that's just utter delight. But he made the statement in class, all girls are slow. I don't know right. where he got that belief, but he believes that all girls are slow. And he and, did voice it. And, and as soon as you hear that statement, it's almost like you're hearing somebody else talking through him. Yes, absolutely. I, I, we don't know where he got it, but that's how easy beliefs can can go in at that age. Well, absolutely, and you could imagine if that kind of belief is drummed into somebody every day, or at least Tuesdays and Sundays, that kind of thing. Exactly. It's going to happen, and all I'm saying, as I'm not saying any of this is right or wrong, all I'm saying is, is that... Um, this is how it happens, and uh, in my case, I went back and looked at this and thought, no, I, I don't subscribe to this religion, although I am a spiritual person. Uh, we mentioned during the break that uh, we were talking, and I, and I said that there's a difference between religion and spirituality, in my opinion, and because uh, and religion, to me, seems to be man-made. I think and, many uh, people agree with you on that these days. Right, and, and uh, you know, it might be based on some form of spirituality, but some of the, 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 the rules that, I don't know, God has been around for, if you say that God exists and you agree on that, then God has been around for 13 and a half billion years and he's waited all this time so that human beings would develop over the last million years and then they started wearing clothes after, after, over the last 10,000 years and so he's waited right until this time so that, they can, so that he can say, hey, you've got to wear a hat. <laughs> yes, our isn't shoes. That, isn't that silly? <laughs> After 13 and a half billion years. Are you kidding me? Uh, somebody is, Andy. Somebody but, is. You know, but then I understand. And, and as I said, I, I, I don't know. I do not know. And, and, and until, you know, um, maybe God comes to my doorstep and I'd invite him in and give him a sandwich and say, hey, you know what, please sit down because I've got a bunch of questions to ask you. Oh, man, you know, sometimes I, I envy those people who say they channel, like, uh, right now I can't think of his name. I've just blanked his name out. Conversations with God. Uh, he says God gave him all of this. Well, hey, Neil I've Donald got Walsh. some questions. Thank you, Neil Donald Walsh. I've got a lot of questions, too. Could you ask him some of mine? <laughs> but see, it's an interesting thing, because, and, I, and I'm not sure what Neil Donald Walsh says about this, but then is... Is that, uh, you know, whether that's talking to God or not, I don't know. I but don't certainly either. it's talking to some, at least a higher part of himself, and at least perhaps even some kind of spiritual connection somewhere. Um, you know, who, who knows where that's coming from? I mean, even at the um, sort of levels of modern uh, quantum physical theory nowadays, they're talking about the um, zero point field, which is subatomic exactly. uh, wave theory. And what they're saying is this, the, this, these waves exist everywhere. There's no such thing as space. Um, and that the waves can, are, are affected by everything we do. Without getting too complicated with it, that's, that's an effect. So in a sense, all those actions and so on are stored. So 
receiving information from elsewhere seems to be uh, a, quite a possible process. And, and they're even suggesting that the brain, as distinct from the mind, the brain is in fact simply a quantum wave tr uh, transformer, a translator, right. should I say. Yeah, I think of it as the hard drive or the hardware, I mean, and the mind more the software kind of puts it in a perspective that, yeah, I can wrap my head around. Right, and then, but the mind is a different thing, and the mind, if you like, is the input of the data, is the input of the information, is exactly. the, the thought process, which they haven't identified, and that's where it gets very interesting. So again, I've kind of touched on that in my book. Um, the uh, and but really looking at specifically um, beliefs and 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 another thing's worth saying I think is that I think these things are accessible to everybody. I've kind of said in the the sort of prelim to my book, this is available to therapists, but also available to self healers. Because I know nowadays, and we've found this in our practice, a lot of people cannot afford to go to uh, a therapist regularly. And, um, and they don't or any need kind to. of connection in that way or any kind of help. But they probably could afford uh, a, a book or something like that that would help them deal with it in their own way. Do you and, think, uh, th you know, it seems to me that there's so much resistance to really sitting down and taking a look at these kind of things and doing the self-examination that's required for the healing to take place. Do you find that in your practice? Yes, definitely. And again, you know, I, I hate to keep saying this, but, but in my book, three of the chapters are based on a thing I have called the edge of belief. And it's our edges of belief that includes or excludes the information that's coming into us. So you might say, well, I'm okay with um, the Bible, but I'm not okay with the, I don't know, Swami Vivekanandi. <laughs> okay. So, you know, and you might exclude things that way. Or you might say, you know, anything that I have not been taught uh, through my parents or whatever like this, I'm going to consider as woo-woo. Anything that doesn't fit with Newtonian Cartesian science is outside of what I believe. And, of course, I came from being a military engineer, so um, I was in that position. I was simply disregarding um, and, and rejecting all this information. And I'm a firm believer that any kind of, uh, what's the way, read, a discussion or, or information that's presented to you is probably got an ounce or two of benefit in it for you, an ounce or two of, of knowledge that's going to help to expand your understanding. And then the more I opened up to that, the more I learned, the more this information compounded itself. And then I realized that there was a whole world of real experience that I just knew nothing about. Right. So tell me how you came to write the book. You, you, I know you had some experiences when you were a younger man that had you examining your beliefs. And I'm looking at your life and thinking you you did a lot of struggling with this throughout the years well yeah that's true uh, and i and i guess that did end up with me uh writing the book um well uh, uh, uh oh basically uh, way back in the day i was a military engineer just leading a a normal regular life you know 
um, with my first wife, who decided to uh, start a family, and that didn't work out because my first daughter, Cassandra, was born with immature heart and lungs. And the ironic thing is probably if she was born in these days with 30 years advance of medicine, she'd probably survive. Right. But in those days, it wasn't, and she was basically left to die. And that was a powerful loss. That was the first of some powerful losses, yes. And, and that really just, I, I, I suffered a kind of walking breakdown, I suppose, because my, my emotions and everything were just completely shot. How could this happen to me? I was Mr. Normal. How could this come? You know, why, why would this be? And, of course, the worst thing was is when she was born, she was 6 pounds 9 ounces, pink and healthy and all of that. But as soon as she was removed from her mother's uh, blood and oxygen supply, she started to die. Right. I understand that, yeah. And then that's what happened. And, um, and really, I guess that was kind of a... Uh, it, it, I, I'm not sure if I can say this factually, but it seemed to be that that was the end of our marriage. Over time, it took several years, but basically we just grew apart. That happens often. And you were then having to face what you believe about life, what you believe about death, what do you believe about life after life. All of that gets entwined in that process of grief in some way. Had that wasn't really the kind of question. Well, it, was, it certainly wasn't the kind of questioning or, or introspective thought process that I was, uh, had, ever, had ever done at that point. I was a military engineer. That's what I did. Exactly. Um, now, uh, when, um, and then, as I said, we drifted apart, and then I, I, I met my uh, current wife, uh, partner, I'd say, um, and um, we sort of went through a bit of trauma through divorce and stuff like this, but we ended up uh, starting, again, starting a family, and, and Maxine was born, and Maxine was just a delightful child. But at the age of one year old, she was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And uh, we went through every kind of therapy. And you'll have to excuse me if I'm talking about this cold, because if I touch the emotions, it'll be the end of the interview. I understand. And, you know, just give us the briefest yeah, explanation of how it got you to the book. But we went through chemo, radiotherapy, spiritual now coming in, spiritual types of therapy, um, at one stage, I begged God to, uh, to take me instead. Straight exchange. And I meant it. I meant it with uh, every cell, every atom of my being. And, of course, I heard silence. And, um, um, but when you go through that, it's a catharsis. Because um, in truth, I was ready to die. I would have gone if, some, if someone or something or some entity or whatever had given me that opportunity, I would have gone in a snap. If she could have stayed. Right. Andy, That's let's good. take this moment to go to our second break because okay. I, I want to continue with this when we come back. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Andy Yates saying stay tuned to the self-improvement show we'll be right back with more find out what's happening on the world talk radio network find out about new shows featured guests and what's up this week 
Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness is delighted to finally have the opportunity to fulfill the requests of our many guests and listeners to extend the Mind, Brain, and Body experience to a second hour. Tune in for The Lyceum, Critiques of Ancient and Modern Understanding with Dr. Michael Kell. The purpose of this show is to explore and expand upon mankind's continual efforts to explain why we exist. Join us each week as we continue our fireside chats with some of the most remarkable thinkers living today. The Lyceum airs Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on World Talk Radio Variety. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Andy Yates. We've been talking about beliefs, and we've been talking about some of the experiences in his life which made him need to address his belief system. He experienced the death of his first daughter and of his second daughter, and that um, really made him examine everything, didn't it, Andy? Absolutely. I mean, we, we. I just thought, what's the point? And and then having now two um, children on the other side, if you want to put it that way. What is is there such a spiritual thing? When we started off going to some spiritual churches, and we started off, and we didn't really get much from them. We met this one group of people who were um, very. Uh, I don't know, intelligent, open-minded about things, and so on. They'd looked at a lot of spiritual, shamanistic, traditional beliefs. And I remember one night we went in there and we were doing some sort of hands-on work. I mean, what we were trying to do was transfer energy. And I've still got this big uh, uh, battle I'm fighting internally about because I'm a military engineer and here I am doing this woo stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, when I came home that night, uh, we had a dog that, because um, we've always had dogs, I've got one sat right next to me right now. And... Um, She'd lost the use of her back legs, and she'd been dragging herself around for the last three months with just her front legs. To take her out, we would have to put a belt under her belly and pick her up and then walk her out on her front legs or whatever so she could do her business. Um, I sat down that night and put my hands on that dog just uh, with no 
connection to anything, just put my hands on that dog after the stuff we've been doing, and I kind of thought, well, if this works, it'll fix the dog. And then I went um, and went to bed, and I got up the next morning, let the one dog out, and then put the kettle on, whatever, and then thought, okay, get the belt, take the other dog out so it can relieve itself, and it wasn't there. And it okay. was uh, walking around the back garden, stiffly. <laughs> but it was done after three months. And the thing it said to me is, this is not a human being. This is not somebody who's got a thought process that's convinced them their legs don't work. Dogs' legs work or they don't. It can walk or it can't. And, and that, again, sort of slapped me on the face and said, you know, you don't know everything. You've got to learn. You've got to open yourself to these things. These walls of your belief, what I call the edges of belief, they're limiting the incoming information. You've got to be discerning about information because they're limiting what you could know. And so I started to open up. And there were some other things that happened around that time. And again, I started to open up more and more and more. And then coming to the United States, we had some opportunities there. Um through a a sort of um, a chance occurrence, I got interested in hypnosis and that side of what I call mind science. And um, and then I enrolled, followed the certification, got passionate about it and so on. That eventually ended up with a doctorate because I'm going to get back to the book. I haven't forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to bring you back. No, I'm there. I'm there right now. And so when I did my doctorate, I had to do a dissertation. So that was 230 pages of uh, good work, but it was an academic work. So it's kind of dry, full of references and stuff and research and analysis. So what I did when I wrote Seeing is Believing was I took that as the basis and then rewrote it in a much more human-friendly manner uh, so that it became a readable book and became a useful book. That, uh, well, you've read it. I mean, what do you think? Uh, yeah. It has the best information on self-hypnosis that I've ever read. And I think I've read every book ever written uh, on self-hypnosis because it's something that we seem to make so hard to teach our clients. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you make it so simple. And it is incredibly simple. I think everybody's made it so hard people are afraid uh, that they can't do it. Well, and, absolutely. And, and, and the, the whole... I don't know, uh, stigma that hypnosis has. Uh, and, and that's quite a deep thing, too, uh, because back in the day, I mean, one of the worst enemies, dare I say, of hypnosis was our friend Sigmund Freud. Who oh, started yes. started off at the school of Nancy, which was for hypnosis. That's where he started. That's where and he then started. Legend has it that he wasn't any good at hypnosis, and therefore he decided he'd create his own thing, which was, of course, the... Uh, the, uh, his form of psychology, um, and um, off it went. And then, of course, that becomes licensed and becomes an industry, and then, hey, whatever. Right, but and really, psychology- it's a natural process that we are, do all the time, but, you know, so, we can help people get there. You know, they, they really do it. As you say, and everybody that really is into it, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Oh, absolutely. And, so, and I mean, I could, um, for, for your listeners right now, I can, right now, I'll give you an example. Um, I'm going to ask a question. This is not hypnosis, by the way. It's an indication of what it's like. Here's a question. I'm going to ask a question, and you, that uh, Irene's listeners, you're going to come back with a, with a number. So, and the question is, 
how many windows do you have in your home? And as you're discovering that, I'm kind of going to count mentally to 10 in my head just to give you a chance to do that. And uh, you should come back with a number of how many windows you have in your home. And even if you're not at home, somehow in your mind, you You walk through every room. You walk through or fly through. I've had people that fly around. I've had people that sort of are able to slide over the walls and this kind of thing. But they basically do that in their mind. And all the while this is going on, while they're moving around their house, counting the windows, while you are moving around and counting your windows, um, you, are, you have become somewhat unaware of your surroundings. If I explain that the conscious mind is directly connected to the senses and the subconscious mind is more of the inner mind, the memory, and a lot of the creative imaginative processes, what you've done is you've changed the perspective from being connected to your senses and a conscious mind to going into your subconscious mind. That is exactly what hypnosis is. And, and that's such that a great example. Thousands of times every day. Yeah, and yet people are afraid of it and somehow think you're going to control their mind, make them do things they don't want to do. I remember before I had hypnosis the first time, I was terrified. But I knew that it was the only thing at that point that could help me, and I needed to do it. And I went, I almost had to drag myself, literally, to get there. And then I thought, why was I afraid of this? It's funny, so, isn't it? It when was so think, wonderful. When you think that, it's, it's, again, it's just got the stigma, but when you think that that's something you do hundreds of times each day, every, each time you use your, use your memory, each time you try and remember where you left the car keys, Yes. While you're using I, your conscious mind to do that, you can't remember. I think the stage hypnotists who are so, so funny have helped people be a little afraid because they're afraid they'll get up and do things they don't want to do. And that, that just won't happen anyway. And, and you hit it on the head in that, in that sentence right there. They'll get up on stage and do things they don't want to do. That is impossible. That is impossible. Absolutely. That cannot happen. I mean, somebody goes to one of and I've been to several of those shows. And they're funny. Oh, they are. And, um, but when I think about it, I think, well, I, I've discussed it with my partner, whoever I'm with, and we'll have agreed, yes, we're going to go to that show, in the knowledge that we might end up on that stage. I've paid for the ticket, which is another yes decision I've made to my participation. I've then gone to the place, which is another yes. I've then sat in the audience, which is another yes. And if I go up on the stage and I've given another yes, and then the guy's going to ask me some questions, and I'm going to answer yes, 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 how many times have I got to say yes, I'll do exactly what you tell me? I, I know. <laughs> and, and so you do. And the entertainment is wonderful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, with... Sometimes when I have a client, you know, and I'll say to them, and, uh, you know, and again, you'll listen, listen to this, um, and I'll say to them, you know, okay, so now I want you to stand up, go over to the corner of the room and do a headstand in the corner of the room. And they just look at me. And I say, why didn't you do it? I'm a hypnotherapist. And the answer is because I don't have any control over your mind unless you let me. And all I do is help you 
get into self-hypnosis. That's all I do. Exactly. Let's get back to the book. You you named it Seeing with a capital C. Seeing is believing. Tell us the mnemonic of the C's. Give us what the C's mean. Well, it's it's just meant to be a series of words beginning with C that might uh, help somebody think about how they can review their beliefs and possibly change them. So um, the way I've done it is I've said, well, capture your beliefs and your limiting beliefs. In other words, um, like I said earlier on, you go one step up the ladder so that you're at a point where you, you examine what it is you do. Oh, why did I make that decision? Why did I choose this pathway? Why did I uh, go in this particular direction? So that's about capturing it, and you construct a model of it. Because you find out, well, how do I think? Am I thinking in a particular way? Is there some area which I, I don't, which I reject? Is there some area where I accept? And then I'm going to look at those beliefs and consider the value of them. And now I can give an example of that. Last year when I was laid off from a very well-paid corporate position, first of all, there's a bit of panic because for 34 years I have never had a day that I haven't had a full-time, fully supported job so there I am unemployed and thinking oh my goodness what a position to be in and I had to get over this belief that was embedded within me that not having that kind of regular employment is somehow disreputable is somehow makes me less than what I am that uh, and these are sort of perhaps my father's values was that a surprise to you to find that you had that belief when all yes. of a sudden you had no job and you said, oh, my goodness, maybe I'm yes. less than. Yes, because uh, thinking back to my bio, at two, 2010, I already had a Ph.D. in something totally different. I already was a master linguistic programmer, a master hypnotist, a master cranial psychologist, whatever. I'd got all these skills that were completely something in something different, although there were times I tried to bring it into the corporate environment. But um, all these skills that were so much different, nobody could be perhaps better prepared for a change. Yet there I was in that position, and there was fear. And the fear came from that belief. And the first thing I wanted to do was get back in that same industry again. But as luck would have it, and the American economy, i got to say, there weren't any jobs. There weren't weren't any jobs. Nope. And, uh, in fact, I have never seen an advertisement for the job I used to have in, what, 18 months now. Interesting. So we've done the first two C's. We're going to do the the last C's when we come back from this break. It's time now for us to tell you more uh, about Voice America. And we'll be right back with more with our guest, Dr. Andy Yates. Your favorite World Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do 
To succeed in life today, you have to respond well to change and be willing to take chances. On Star Style, Be the Star You Are, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan and her sidekick, daughter Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations with live interviews with trailblazers, authors, and experts. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on the Power Hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Variety. For positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio, it's Star Style. Be the star you are. Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self-improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Andy Yates. We're on our last lap of today's show, and Andy has agreed to come back next week, and we're just going to talk about hypnosis. So if you have any questions about hypnosis next week, you can call in if you want, ask anything of me or Andy that you want, and we're just, we're just going to lay it all out there about hypnosis. We're talking about his book, Seeing is Believing. We've talked about the first two C's, Capture and Construct. So let's, what's the next one, Andy? Okay, well, we, we did actually talk about considering the value of your beliefs. Do they oh, serve yeah. you? Do they focus you in the direction you want to go? And that's the point. And as I said, um, when I left my corporate position, I then had to decide where to go and how to do that. And I had to de- deal with beliefs that I had for, you know, since birth, basically, since my parents drilled that into me. Um, I had to deal with those beliefs and other beliefs that I've picked up from colleagues, friends, whatever, about uh, employment and so on. And uh, I've come to this, uh, and then I decided, well, this is an opportunity for me to discover whether I can be a professional actor in Phoenix, in Arizona, and it's tough, uh, whether I can write a book, and I have, seeing is believing, and whether, um, you know, uh, I'll still keep going as a therapist, and here I am on a radio show. Isn't it wonderful? Yes, and I, I hope you get a lot of people from this, because I think you certainly are qualified to help them. Which brings me to something we totally skipped over, and I want to go back and pick up on it. You have a practice you call biointegration, and you certainly have learned the major healing modalities. Tell us what biointegration is. Okay. Well, we've just used the word biointegration, because bio being life, integration being bringing to an ordered whole. So... um, because nowadays, people talk about holistic healing a lot. It's almost become a generic word to describe what used to be called healing arts. Um, but not many people actually do holistic healing. Um, holistic healing is complete whole person healing. 
And our sort of uh, perspective on that is you've got to look at mind, body, and energy all together. And so spirit. What bio-integration does is use the many, many skills that we've developed over the years to provide whatever it is the client needs in any of those three areas, together or singly or in combination somehow, uh, and whatever is required through a session to bring them the, uh, you know, a, a complete result rather than just giving them, I don't know, some kind of physical therapy or rather than giving them maybe a, a hypnosis or a neurolinguistic type therapy rather than giving them Reiki or reflexology or whatever, to be able to put that together in one package and mix and match different pieces out of those modalities. And you know, it is interesting, isn't it, that we, we practice holistic healing or, or, you know, holistic medicine, however you want to put it. We're not medical kind of people, but we still work in the healing arena. But we divide things up. We have re- some people just practice Reiki. Some people just practice hypnosis. So still, in a way, we're, we're dividing people up. You know, and it always oh, yeah. strikes me as humorous. But, but you and, and you know and and I I got to say bless the people who do it, all of that because so what they just do one part of what might be called a complete holistic therapy it's still good it's, it's still, still good beneficial. it still helps a lot of people so please nobody stop doing that but the thing is because you know <laughs> my, Heather and my wife and I are, are are not kids anymore so we've been around a while. So we've learned a lot of different stuff, and we've realized that we do have enough skill now to be able to go into any of the three areas, mind, body, energy, or to be able to work on them in combination. And so we came up with this idea of bio-integration therapy, which is uh, basically, uh, you know, you, you might, for example, give somebody a, uh, a, a partial massage to relieve physical stresses, and at the same time, be doing energetic work on them vis-a-vis Reiki or something like cranial sacral therapy, and then at the same time talking to them and working with uh, more of a relaxation of the mind, addressing some, uh, you know, those mind issues, um, and, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, uh, working on all of the whole person at all times, because this is something, especially in the actual medical field, that's kind of rare you go and see a doctor they'll deal with the one particular area if you've got three different things they'll often ask you to come back and make another appointment oh and it goes on and on i've had a, a series of things this last year that i've needed to see a doctor for and what's really interesting to me is nobody's ever really done an exam they've never really sat down and talked to me at length they just say what's the problem and then they order a bunch of tests or x-rays you know or whatever uh, and they don't rely, they rely on the blood work and the, you know, the, the x-rays, the CAT scans, the MRIs, those kind of things, when probably if they'd talk to me, <laughs> we could get it all figured out. <laughs> I, I think it's very interesting that, that we've come to this kind of place, and I think that's one reason why holistic practitioners are seeing an increase in their practice because they do listen. And that's so incredibly important. Andy, we're coming right up to the end of the show. So I want to ask you, what's the last thought you'd like to leave with the listeners today? What's the one thing you think is important for them to know? 
I think um, this idea of the edges of our belief. I think the edges, having the difference between the edge of your belief being a wall, and I described it in a show last week as a bead curtain. It's still a door, it's still a kind of a barrier, but it's information can come through. Um, because people get stuck in these beliefs that there's only one way to to deal with things, especially when it's concerning their own health, their own life, their own future. And there are lots of things out there that are non-invasive, non-intrusive, drugless therapies that people can use. Um, It's just the fact that they're conditioned into believing that, well, just taking a pill and it'll all be fine, and it's not. It's the tip of an iceberg that's going to bring their health down and down and down and down over time because the real issue is not being dealt with. Exactly. And we're going to talk more about that next week because Andy's agreed to come back and we're going to really expand on what hypnosis is and, and, and actually we just talk basically about holistic healing and how it can benefit you, how it can work with uh, allopathic medicine to help you become more balanced um, in all the areas of your life. That's what we're looking for, actually, is some sort of balance and wholeness and wellness. So, Andy, we're going to have fun next week. We're going to basically just take it as it comes. We're going to welcome anybody to call in that wants to. I think we're going to have a a really good time. So next week we're going to talk um more about hypnosis about hypnotherapy about other healing modalities and just leave it wide open and let it go where it goes does that sound okay to you andy sounds brilliant to me because that's life isn't it right there. that's life right there thank you so much for being with us today andy i look forward to having you back again next week it was my pleasure This is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show saying, hey, you don't have to stay tuned for a week, although that would be nice, but come back next week and we'll do this again. We'll talk more about holistic health and healing modalities. This is Irene Conlon saying goodbye for now. See you next week. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.